Sharing the gospel week in, week out. So we just want to continue to pray for you and uh, bless you in the name of Jesus and let God accelerate what He's doing here in Brighton and let the gospel be proclaimed. God would raise up harvesters again, laborers who will go into the harvest field and start to bring revival. Souls will be saved, sick bodies will be healed, and lives will be changed. Good evening, Kensington Temple. Hallelujah. Shall we all stand right now? It's great to be back here in the church. Just want to invite Torian and the kids to join me. Let's give them a warm welcome right now. You guys can come up on the platform. Well, you know what? We're going to have time to um, have some family time in a minute and call out names and welcome some of you guys. But you know what? On the clip behind me is our ministry or our mission, M16 Revival. It's Mark 16, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. And we need to do that right now. Hallelujah. We need a revival in this nation. So I want you to lift your hands with you right now in this place today. The Bible says in Isaiah 60, arise and shine. For the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory shall be seen upon you. Lift your hands right now. I want to begin to pray for revival right now in the United Kingdom. If you pray in tongues, if you've got a voice, lift your voice in this place today. In the next two minutes, just begin to cry out to the Lord. Father, we thank you for this service, City Light service. It's a revival service, a prophetic service, a breakthrough service, a service where people are going to encounter you. And Lord, we cry out to you that London would be saved, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. And so, Father, we pray for the people of God to arise in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, quicken us today. Quicken us in our spirit, Lord, over the UK. Lord, the UK needs a revival. Every church, every believer, every minister, every evangelist, Lord, every single person who believes in you, Lord, we ask you to awaken in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray today for revival in the houses of parliament. When Mark speaks, Lord God, in a couple of weeks, we pray for revival, Father. Revival fire in the name of Jesus. We pray for the fire of your spirit to fall, Lord God, upon London in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you the glory and we give you the honor. And we give you the thanks in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands right now. Lord, we pray tonight that you'd revive us, Father. We pray tonight you'd work deep on the inside of us, Lord God. We say, Jesus, we love you. We honor you in this place today. And we give you all the glory. And we give you all the honor. And we give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. Give him a shout of praise, would you, in this place today. Hallelujah. Amen. You may take your seats. I just want Torian to say 30 seconds of a welcome. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, good evening. It's really um, great to be here, um, to be home. When I was, 
I was explaining to Mark, you know, when I, I joined KT as a student at the age of 18 in um, 97 when I came to medical school. Um, and uh, I'm so grateful um, for everybody here who's ever invested in my life and um, encouraged me and others in this church to live 100% for God. Um, and I'd say, you know, the journey we've been having, particularly the last few years, um, you know, I've, I've, learned in three, I've learned three things. Um, that um, aspect of life where when God says, you know, that you do it. Um, I'm learning that you, um, everything, is up, everything is available for God. So you're willing to put everything on the line for what he says to you. That's how I was brought up with my parents. That's how I've been brought up here at KT. And that was been part of our journey, how we got to America for the CFAN training. Um, and then, you know, the second thing I was going to say is, um, in this journey, I've been revived in learning what um, everything in life is about. You know, that it's, it's not about... Um, ministry. It's, it's not about what we do for the kingdom. Um, it's not about accolades from other people. It's not even about the size of your church or your cell or anything like that. Um, the, the great prize is him. You know, it, it's, it's, it's him, you know. Um, and I'll just say to you, if you know what I'm talking about, then keep going for him, for his presence, for that intimacy. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, you, yet you're saved, you don't know what I'm talking about, then I say, you, you go, to, go on your knees and say, God, what was she talking about? What is that of you that I have not tasted? I'm saved, but it means nothing to me, you know, and then he will come in with his presence. And once you taste just a little glimpse, a little lick of him, you know, then you just want more and more and more and more of him. Um, and it's from there that you can stand strong and do all that he's called you to do. So be blessed tonight, yeah. Amen. Let's give my hand as they go. God bless you guys. This little one took my cap earlier. I want you to turn your Bibles tonight to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. And uh, tonight the topic is preaching Jesus. And we've got a few things uh, to go through. We want to explain a little bit about our journey, what have we been doing. And uh, for the last couple of years, uh, the last four years I think it is, since we are sent out in September 2018, I want to thank Pastor Mark Ryan for inviting us and meeting with you, Jono and Ben and the team. So let's give Mark a hand right now. God bless you. It's been fantastic. And... Um, there was a scripture that we got when we fasted and prayed to go to America, and we weren't sure that we we're going to go to America. My long-term friend, Emerson Rocher, encouraged us to go to the CFAN Evangelist Boot Camp, and we didn't know how we we're going to get there because it was the lockdown, and we we're a little unsure, so we applied out of thousands of people. We got accepted, and uh, so we, we took that as confirmation, but it was in December, I think it was, of 2020, and we're about to fly to Orlando, and it just wasn't going to work at that point. In April 2020, we fasted for 21 days. After that 21-day fast, guess what we heard? We heard absolutely nothing. And it was day 21. We didn't even know if we we're going to go. And I said to Torin, let's get the kids to Birmingham on day 21. And the, and the in-laws, uh, Torin's mom and dad were looking after them. And we prayed on that day in five minutes of praying in tongues. The word that came to us was Revelation 3, verse 7. I'm the God who opens and no man can shut. Hallelujah. You have been weary. You've not denied my name. You've kept going. And I said on that verse, we're going to step out and we're going to trust God to go to America. Well, to cut a long story short, we went to the Caribbean. 
Berlin. We went to America and we landed in Miami in Orlando. We did three months training with CFAN boot camp. And then we're fast tracked to Nigeria. Hallelujah. Where we preached the gospel uh, for four weeks. It was absolutely incredible to be on gospel trucks. I just felt the fire of God on that. So I want to just uh, put you in your, your scripture, Luke 4 verse 18. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to press play on the clip behind me, which gives you a little bit of understanding what we were doing in Ibadan, Nigeria, in the middle of the lockdown, preaching the gospel. He said here in verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then He rolled up the scroll and He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fixed on him. And he began to say, today, as you listen, this scripture is fulfilled. I want you to tell your neighbor before we get started, tell them, keep your eyes fixed on him. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes fixed on him. So I want you to fix your eyes on the screen for a moment, hallelujah, and see what God did in Ibadan, Nigeria with 89 CFAN boot camp evangelists, which we had the opportunity to go there by God's grace. So look behind me on the screen right now. What a week it has been. My old eyes have seen a lot, but I tell you, I haven't seen what we've seen this week. The city has been shaken, shaken, shaken by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's harvest time in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! People of Ibadan, are you happy tonight? Is there anybody who's worried about the rain? If you stand here, I stand with you. And I tell you what, the blessing of God will fall upon your life tonight. In the mornings, we have the fire conference where registered delegates, pastors, they have to come real early. So we start at 6.30 in the morning and we preach and inspire them to also be evangelists and preach the gospel. The final fire conference meeting, we had, believe it or not, 150,000 delegates who prayed for the baptism in the Holy Spirit and empowered them to go out in the power of God and the power of God fell. Some of you know a lot about the Bible or you know a lot about religion, but religion cannot save you. Jesus is the only one that can save you. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He will catch you where you fall. He will lift you up out of sin. He will lift you out of darkness. He will lift you out of bondage. And he will lift you higher and higher and higher all the way to heaven. You are going to call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Based on our hands, on our body, headed and toothache, all of them got healed instantly. Hallelujah! Look at this. Hallelujah! I tell you, we serve a miracle working God. Say amen. 
And so tonight as we pray for these prayer requests, we are believing God for mighty miracles to happen. Jesus came not just to be the light. He came to be the light of the world in you. It's your turn to be the light. The light to Nigeria. The light to Africa. You are the light of the world because the light of the world lives in you. Hallelujah. Give Jesus praise in this place. I want to invite David Chambers up on the platform. Let's give David a hand. He's a, a representative, a CFAN pastor um, representative. And uh, David's just going to encourage you. That was actually the wrong clip that I was going to show you because I've got some pictures to show you right now. But I'm um, welcome, David. Let's give him a warm welcome right now. We've got a, a little bit to tell you a little bit about CFAN, but there's a little stall in the foyer you might have seen when you came in. And D David's just going to give us a little one minute to tell us about what's happening tonight and what we've got to give away. Thank you, Christian. And good evening, Kensington Temple. I bring you greetings from Evangelist Daniel Kalenda. It is a joy to be here with you. We have had a long-standing relationship with Kensington Temple for many, many years. Who here has read Reinhardt's autobiography? You will see this mentioned in that biography. There is long history there. We are in an incredible phase where Reinhardt has passed the baton to Evangelist Kalenda, and we are taking this gospel message further and further and further. We had 1.2 million people gather in one crusade in November, and it was life-changing to stand with Christian to see that happen. We are in this place where we are raising up evangelists where well, we are training, equipping, and Christian is, he was an evangelist before he came to the boot camp in Orlando, and he's gone from glory to glory, and so we honor Christian, it's a joy to be with you tonight. We are so excited what is happening in Christ for all nations. We are not stopping. We are not slowing down. The vision from Cairo to Cape Town, washed in the blood of Jesus, is alive, is strong, is kicking. And as we take that vision forward, it is overflowing and it is spilling across the globe. We are training, equipping and raising up people. There is so much more I want to say. I don't want to take Christian's time. But what I do want to do is at the book, at the, at the back of the church, there is a stand where we are giving away this free gift from Evangelist Daniel Kalender. It is an incredible book on prayer. There's lots of other information there. I encourage you to take it. Be encouraged. Souls will be saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, David. Let's give it up to David Chambers. On the back of the screen right now, there should be the CFAN team, the large picture of the CFAN team where we're in Ibadan, Nigeria. And uh, this was just an incredible fulfillment of a vision that God had given me for KT uh, back a couple of years back when we were in charge of evangelism. And uh, when I hit Ibn and Nigeria and I saw this, this 300 people behind me that were going out day by day preaching the gospel, sometimes five or six times a day in marketplaces and sometimes 11 or 12 times a day in kids' crusades and seeing over 239,000 people give their lives to Jesus in a period of just three weeks. Hallelujah. And so that was just amazing to be a part of that group. And I believe that the church of Jesus needs to move forward in 
And the vision that I had for KT is that coach loads of people will come out of Kensington Temple and spread across the nation preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but there's loads of evangelists that are rising in this hour right now. Just yesterday, there was about three or 400 people, evangelists in Trafalgar Square, preaching the gospel for four hours in the begging heat, seeing many people saved, many people giving their lives to the Lord Jesus. So I want you to press the, press the next clip right now. Here behind me, there'll be another clip right now. This is the statistics. 1,800 outreaches, 239 souls saved, 395 thousand people heard the gospel. And that was just because of 89 evangelists who believed God to go from here in the UK all the way to America. Now, are we saying tonight, you have to go to America to evangelize? No, we're not saying that. Hallelujah. But we're saying that that's what we believe. That's what we believe God called us. But you, all you need to do tonight is step across the tube station. Hallelujah. All you need to do tonight is speak to someone at the bus stop. All you need tonight is to go to work and say to someone, do you believe in Jesus? Hallelujah. Make Jesus the element of your conversation. Hallelujah. Let's uh, play the next, uh, the next picture behind me right now, and then we're going to get into God's Word. Here, this is a beautiful story of a young man. I want to tell you tonight that one of the things that we learned during the training was getting back to basics. Toyin alluded to it earlier. The foundation of any ministry is not in your success, but in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what? You can have a lot of success, but when you go home, you know you're not walking with the Lord anymore. And so it's the intimacy and your relationship with Jesus that is the foundation. The second thing I want to say tonight is when you're reaching people for Jesus, whether it be church or evangelistic ministry, it is not just about the masses, but it is about the one. Amen. It is the value of the one. And here we are, we're in the middle of Ibn and Nigeria, preaching every day on gospel trucks. My voice is blasted. And suddenly we arrive in a village, town, and we're not even meant to be there. And we're in this high street and we're preaching the gospel. And literally, as I'm blasting out the gospel, I'm thinking that people are not listening. And as I preach and preach my heart out, I gave the altar call and nobody responded. Now, we were used to everybody responding, and then nobody responded. So then I went around talking to some of the people on the marketplaces and simply asked them, how are you guys doing? A caso, a caso, speaking Yoruba, it turned out they didn't even speak Yoruba. So they, they didn't understand a word that we said. And then I stumbled on this man behind me. You'll see him, a man called Emiola. Well, Emiola, who is Emiola? Well, who are we tonight? But Emiola was a man that two years ago was a Muslim. And he didn't know Jesus. And Jesus appeared to him in his dream. And in his dream, he surrendered on his knees and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He changed from being a Muslim to being a Christian. And he explained to me in the middle of this narrow street, he said, Christian, you know what? I prayed uh, that I knew that Sifan and evangelists were coming to Ibadan. And I cried out to God and I said, God, I want to meet these evangelists. And I suddenly felt the presence of God. We were not even meant to be there. But suddenly God had brought this man at the same point that we were meant to be in that place. And suddenly I met him. I invited him to the crusade. And as I invited him to the crusade, you see him right there, surrendering his life afresh to Jesus Christ and experiencing the power of the Holy Ghost like all the hundred thousands of people who also experienced Jesus. Let's give Jesus praise tonight for the value of one.
Now let's get back to the scriptures tonight. Hallelujah. Luke 4 and verse 18. Jesus got into the temple. Now the context of this verse is quite simple. He's went through a tough time. He's just been tempted by the devil and he's come out on top. He said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but in every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. You see, Jesus overcame the devil by the word of God, but he had to go through a time of testing. And the Bible says in Luke 4 verse 14, then he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I believe during the lockdown that God permitted the lockdown and the season that we went through to strengthen the immune system of the church. Hallelujah. I believe that the church is rising higher and stronger than ever before in Jesus' name. Do you believe it tonight? Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit. He went through this situation, this tough time, this temptation, but He came out on top. Then He rises in the temple of the day. Not Kensington Temple, but he rises in the temple there. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Coming back from Christ for all nations, it's easy to say, I'm going to be a crusade evangelist. I believe that God will open doors for crusades for us and for many others. But coming back while you're not doing crusades, what are you doing? And that's the challenge for me, and that's my message tonight for you. The title is Preaching Jesus. Preaching Jesus. You can write it down. It is all about Jesus Christ. Here Jesus gets up in the temple and he says to preach the good news to the poor. That word preach is the Greek word euangelion. And it actually means good news or evangelism, right? To spread the gospel. So he's preaching the gospel. And then the word to proclaim release to the captives is a word that we use to shout out. It's the Greek word caruso. So that means we're called to proclaim good news and be good news, right? But also we're called to be radical. Hallelujah. Some of these boot campers that were in America were driving through Chick-fil-A. And suddenly we'd drive through Chick-fil-A and suddenly a man would preach, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in the Son of God shall not perish but have eternal life. And the shout came back, Oh, not again! We had the same person yesterday. The whole of Chick-fil-A heard the gospel in one way or another, in one-to-one of proclamation. Now you might consider that radical, but sometimes when you're living in a season like this, you must be radical. You must take a stand. You must take a stand for the gospel. And here is Jesus saying, here I am. I am anointed to preach. Get ready. Something's about to happen. Hallelujah. And it says the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fixed on him. My brother called me during the lockdown. My brother was 18 years away from God. You might have a brother or a sister who's far away from God. You might be far away from God tonight. You might have been invited tonight and you know you're not living 100% to Jesus. During the lockdown, people had allowed access, allowed the devil access into their lives. They eliminated the scriptures. They became maybe a little depressed and allowed sin into their life. You might be like that tonight. I remember giving an altar call a couple of weeks ago. And I told a story of a young boy when I visited a family during the lockdown. And I asked him this question. I said, what were you doing during the lockdown? He said, oh, I was just watching Netflix. I got scared. You were watching Netflix. A 15-year-old boy was watching Netflix for three months. 
He was given access, unlimited access to Netflix for three months. My question in my heart was, what was that young boy watching? I gave the altar call a couple of weeks ago, and a young boy, when I said that, he came forward and he repented. An eight-year-old boy gave his life to Jesus and said, you know what, I've been playing more with computer games than reading my Bible, and today I want to give my life to Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to see a generation who will switch off the mobile phone, who will switch off Netflix, a generation of parents who will say, hey, I might have got it wrong. Hey, I've got it wrong. I wasn't looking after my kids. Well, you can repent. We all are going through a struggle. We're all going through a crisis, but God wants to bring Christ in the crisis. He wants to bring revival. He wants to bring our relationship with Jesus back. Hallelujah. My brother called me during the lockdown and he said, is Jesus coming soon? How many people believe Jesus is coming soon, right? He's not been walking with the Lord. He's not been living for God. And he calls me afraid. And he says, is Jesus coming soon? And I said to him, listen, it don't matter if Jesus is coming soon. If you don't know him, you are not going to get to be with him. If you don't know Jesus on the earth, you will not know him in heaven. Very simple theology tonight, right? If you've not had an encounter with Jesus Christ tonight in your heart, you're not living for God, you're not going to make it to heaven. A young man in Trafalgar Square yesterday, I asked him, I said, are you a Christian? He said, I go to church. I said, how long have you went to church? He said, four months. I said, that's amazing. Well done. Have you been baptized? He said, no, not yet. I asked him, I said, listen, if you'd have died tonight, would you get to heaven? And he said, I don't know. I don't know what he'd receive, but I started telling him, listen, you need to believe in Jesus Christ. You need to receive him into your heart. You need to turn away from sin and receive him right now into your heart. Are you ready to pray? Right there on the spot, he prayed to receive Jesus into his life in the middle of Trafalgar Square. Now, I don't know if he'd already received Jesus, but I tell you, I'm never going to meet that man again, probably. I've got his number. But you know what? I get people's numbers and they don't receive my calls or they don't text back. I do my best. But I tell you, whether or not he's going to return my call, I tell you, today he received Jesus Christ. Yesterday he received Jesus Christ into his life. Now I told my brother this. I said, go into your room and get on your knees and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Let's cut out the conspiracy. Let's cut out all the other talk. You go into your room and you kneel down and you give your life to Jesus Christ. So I put the phone down. Two weeks went by. My brother called me and I said to him, listen, did you give your life to Jesus? Do you have forgiveness? Do you experience it? Yes. As soon as I put the phone down, I went in my room and I surrendered my life to Jesus. His words, not mine. 18 years I was away from God. And two weeks ago, I give my life back to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not just preaching for an applause tonight. My brother said to me, and it shocked me. It sent a terror down my spine. He said to me, where am I going to go to church? All the churches were closed. I texted a friend of mine. I said, listen, will you meet my brother in the forest and go and pray with him because he's just given his life to Jesus. So they had a Holy Ghost meeting in the, in the forest, hallelujah, in the northeast of England as he was consolidated, hallelujah. You have to make life work, hallelujah. You see, coming back, I've decided that we need to share Jesus with as many people as possible. You don't know the next time you'll meet the person that you met yesterday. The person you meet tomorrow, you may never meet them again. And there's an urgency to share Jesus with people. 
In Luke 4 and verse 43, it says this. People were wanting to keep Jesus to themselves. It says there, they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, it is necessary to proclaim the good news to the other towns also because I was sent for this very purpose. Jesus is saying, listen, I was sent to reach other people. I was sent to go and share the gospel with other people. The fact that you're here tonight is because Jesus wants you to be here tonight. He has brought you to this place. If you skip over to um, Acts chapter 8 and verse 26, you'll read the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. And um, Philip was sent from the revival. And it says here when the Ethiopian eunuch was asking a question, he didn't understand the scriptures. I want to tell you tonight that there's many people out there who don't understand the Bible. They don't understand what Jesus is about. They don't understand why Jesus died on the cross. They don't understand why he rose again on the third day. But you do, hallelujah. And I do. And they're looking for someone to simply explain it. This man, the Ethiopian eunuch, he is wondering the scripture in Isaiah 53. And it says here, Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. He was inquiring. The Holy Spirit told Philip to overtake the chariot. He stopped as the Spirit directed him. And then he said, I'm going to tell you about Jesus Christ. See, there's an urgency right now. There's an urgency right now. I was in the Lego shop. How many people love the Lego shop? My son Judah loves Lego. And so we were in the Lego shop in Watford. And we were just going around. And as we were going around, I stumbled on a young man from China. In fact, he was from Hong Kong. Welcome if you're from Hong Kong tonight. A lot of people from Hong Kong moved over recently. And so he was one of them. And I said to him, listen, I said, he asked me, because I was just sharing the stories with my children. And he was asking me, what are you about? I said, listen, God sent us during the lockdown to America. And I told him our story. And I said to him, listen, are you a Christian? He said this, I used to be a Christian. I used to be a Christian. You know, there's many people in the world right now who used to be a Christian. I want to tell you tonight, you're not going to get to heaven if you used to be a Christian. You're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. You either know Jesus or you're not. You don't know Jesus. There's no two ways about it. You have to make sure by calling on the name of Jesus and the Bible says, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. It is a supernatural experience. So I shared the gospel with him. I, I took him through Jesus at the door. If you know Jesus at the door, you can go to JesusAtTheDoor.com. We were taught at the boot camp. And I said, listen, have you seen this picture before? And do you pray? He said, I haven't seen that picture before, but I do pray. I said, this is Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. The handle's on the inside. Only you can let him in. See, many people pray, but prayer's like talking to God through the door. You know he's there somewhere, but you don't know him personally. I said, I can I ask you a question? He said, yes. I said, if I, if, you, if I put a backpack on your shoulder and I filled it with all the sin in your life, right? I said, would it be heavy? He said, yeah, it would be heavy. I said, listen, can I ask you another question? I said, listen, if you were in debt by a million dollars or a million pounds, and I wrote you a check right now for a million pounds, and I signed it, and you cast that check, what happens to the debt in your bank account? He said, it's clear, right? I said, yeah, it's clear. I said, that's pretty good news. How many people would like a million pounds tonight? Amen. We'd all love it. But that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. He signed a check in his blood and he wiped out your debt with God. Hallelujah. He paid it all at the foot of the cross. 
And so I asked him, can I pray for you? He said, no. I said, okay. I said, listen, if you'd have died tonight, would you get to heaven? He says, I don't know. I said, if, if you'd have reached heaven, just say you reach heaven, and God was to ask you, why should I let you in? What would you say? Do you know what he said to me? This sent shivers down my spine. He said, I'll tell God I used to be a Christian. I used to be a Christian. See, none of us are going to be that brave. None of us are going to be that bold. You only have right now on the earth to make a decision for Jesus Christ. I'd like Jonathan to come back on the keyboard right now. You only have now. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. The person that you meet on the bus, the tube or the train, that could be their opportunity. When I've come back, I tell you, I've been talking with people. I went in the shop the other day and I was talking to the man at the counter. I was buying batteries for my, um, my rat catcher. I, I, not, I didn't have rats, I had mice. So I had to basically get some batteries from the shop to fill this trap. And as I got the batteries from the shelf, I asked the man, I said, listen, um, there's a ring on your finger and it looks a bit bland. It's not shining anymore. And I said, why are you wearing that ring? Many of us, you wear jewelry, right? You don't even know why you wear it. You just have always worn it. I asked him, why do you wear that ring? He said this, oh, my grandma told me, if you wear that ring, it will bring you good luck. A lot of people in this life, they believe in good luck, right? You might be lucky enough to get to heaven. Wrong. The only way you'll get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I said to him, listen, has that ring ever brought you good luck? Has that ring ever brought you good luck? Do you know what he said? I said, no, right? I said, listen, I'm in the corner shop. This is like less than a couple of minutes. Put all the rings on the table. All the jewelry in all the world. All your special diamonds. All your special rings. All the things that are precious to you. Put them there. And there'll be one that shines brightly. You'll pick it up and you'll think, wow. Out of all the jewels on that table, there'll be one that shines brightly. I said to him this, I said, that jewel that you're wearing may have brought you good luck or may not. But I tell you, the ring that I'm holding is Jesus Christ. He's the pearl of great price. He does not promise you good luck. He promises you eternal life. Hallelujah. See, we live in a temporary world. We live in a temporary society. We put more trust in our clothes and what we wear rather than eternity. There's an urgency that's going out right now in the church. We have to be more urgent than ever before. Are we saying tonight that you have to be Reinhard Bonnke? No. Are we saying tonight you need to be Billy Graham? Are you, do you need to be shouting on a microphone like me? No. But you do need to talk about Jesus. You need to ask people, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? I know him. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Because you know that could be their last chance. Reinhard Bonnke was preaching a message in a church building. And he said this, he, he preached, he was, he was a bit like a minister at the outside of the door. And he was shaking people's hands as they left. And there was these two boys. And he said, listen, did you make a decision for Jesus tonight? Do you have his forgiveness? Have you received his new life? They said, no, 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 we've got our lives to live. And they walked off. You know what, that same night, those two boys were out on their motorcycles. And there was an accident and they lost their lives. Reinhardt heard the news and he was shocked. Fear gripped his heart. He said, Lord, did I do enough? Did I really persuade these people enough? 
the Lord said, you did enough. But Reinhardt decided from that moment onwards that he would always be more urgent about the gospel. You don't have tomorrow. You only have today. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Only today is real right now. And the reason that you're hearing my voice is simply this, is because God loves you and He's calling you and He's knocking at the door of your heart and He's asking you, will you let me in? I've got one more story today before we ask you to give your life to Jesus Christ in this place today. How many people have been enjoying this right now? Hallelujah. You've been encouraged right now? I went in the Reebok shop to get a pair of trainers when we are in Orlando. We were told, listen, don't think you're going to be a crusade evangelist unless you can just share Jesus every day, right? So I'll go into this um, Reebok shop and I see a gentleman and I literally show him the picture of Jesus at the door. I said, listen, have you seen this picture before and do you pray? He said, I do pray. I said, this is Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. And Jesus said this, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if a man will open up his heart, I will come in. I'll make my room, my life in you. I'll give you new life. I said to him, listen, if you wore a backpack and filled it with all the sin in your life, would it be heavy? He said, yes. I said, listen, if I signed a check for a million dollars and you cashed it, would that be good news if you were in debt by a million dollars? He said, yes. I said, can I pray for you? He said, yes. I said, listen, Father, bless this man, Emmanuel, in the name of Jesus. Father, draw him close to you today. Take off every heavy burden from his heart, his life, whatever he's struggling with. Lord, let him know that you're meeting him right now and you're calling him back to you. I said to him, listen, how do you feel? I prayed for you. Do you know what he said to me? This bulky guy, very fit, very happy actually, very smiley guy. I said to him, how do you feel? He said, oh mate, a great weight just lifted off my shoulders. A great weight. I said, I never thought that you had this great pressure, this great weight. I said, listen, do you want to turn right now from the road you're on without Jesus? You're on this road of sin. It ends in hell. Do you want to turn around right now and give your life to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, forgive me. Do you want to follow him right now? Because it's not enough just to believe in Jesus, right? You have to choose to follow him. You have to choose to believe in him. You have to make a decision. You cannot be saved because your grandma was saved, because your mom is saved, or your dad used to be saved. You can only be saved when you make a decision yourself to say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And you turned in for yourself. It's called repentance. You have to turn around and give your life to Him. You know what He said to me? He said, yes. And right there in the middle of the Reebok shop, and yes, He was working, but He was working for the Lord. Hallelujah. God was working in His heart. He gave his life to Jesus Christ and got his number and I text him and I tell you, we're still in touch and you've got to get people's numbers. Evangelists, hallelujah. If you get someone saved, they're of great worth, hallelujah. You've got to get their details as best as you can.